0: Leila, welcome to the Shift Podcast. I'm really excited to have you. The, the the world has brought us together very randomly, and I'm really, really happy to to have a chance to chat with you. Likewise, it's so lovely to reconnect after all these years, Elena. Lovely Absolutely. To see, I think. Absolutely. Um. So give our audience a little bit of a snapshot about kind of, you know, your your own career story, because this is what this podcast is about, really kind of helping people overcome change. And I'm always curious to hear how individuals grow in their careers, start their own businesses. So give us a little bit of a snapshot.
1: Okay, well, that snapshot is a long one. Let me make it short. It start, <laughs> It started in 97, actually, in Algeria, where I am originally from and I've always been passionate about people development Um, so I've, um, I've been in HR but always as a specialist so learning and development, talent management, career development and that's what I always have been um, in my corporate environment because for me I've never been interested in the um, generalist aspect. I've always wanted to work with people so that they can find the right career for them and not for what their parents want them to be and that's how I actually moved all along And then went to the UK and then I started working again um, in in government and financial services, again, helping people in their careers and leadership development. Um, And then I moved to Dubai, well, actually to Abu Dhabi uh, in 2009. And I've been working for a sovereign fund. That's how I moved to the UAE. And it's been 13 years. So from there... Then I moved into um, National Bank of Abu Dhabi, where I was working also with um, Emiratis. And that was a big passion of mine of developing local talent. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, in terms of their career, in terms of their um, growth, in terms of their succession planning and stuff. And then 2013, I decided to jump the ship and set up my own business because I had spotted a... I've always wanted to set up my own business, but it was never the right time. I, um, I loved being in a corporate environment. And I moved between oil and gas, financial services, and government. But then I got bored and I go, okay, well, I could do this for myself because I spotted a niche actually. And I go, okay, well, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. So now is the time. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. So it's been since 2013 when I've set up COMPASS, co-founded COMPASS, and COMPASS is actually um, yeah. So it's been since March 2013 when I left the corporate environment. And then Four years ago, I became a partner of um, a UK coach training school and I became the Middle East partner. Um, So I run all the coach training um, in the region uh, for the Middle East. So that's in a snapshot.
0: That's awesome. Hey you, thanks for watching. If you're enjoying this episode, make sure to share it with friends and family who might find it interesting. Make sure to hit the subscribe button as well to stay up to date on weekly new videos that are gonna be coming out with some awesome guests that I bring on. And uh, if you have any questions, use the comment section to ask me questions to interact. I look forward to talking to you. Awesome. And tell us, and, and, and with Compass, what are some areas? Because I know when we first met many, many years ago, um, I'm curious if, if, the, shift, if, if the, the focus has shifted in terms of what you do with Compass with individuals and corporates. Absolutely. When you know
1: us, actually, we were, um, we were offering coaching, we were offering assessment, and we were offering lots of leadership development programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over the years, that has shifted. A, we started as three partners. Then we moved into the original co-founders, so it's only Gaj and myself, and that's how we initially started, you know, the conversations of building Compass. Um, So there's been a big shift between three partner co-founders and partners into two. That -hmm. was the first shift. The second shift has been over the years, because we were working with, um, as you know, uh, business schools, top business schools like the INSEAD and Ashridge and LBS, um, and then working with government, working with semi-governmental multinationals. We were offering all these solutions so we set up as a talent management consultancy Mm -hmm. and then over the years we started looking at what do we really do every day and what are we passionate about day in day out and we realized that the core is coaching be it we're working with individuals with individual careers or teams because we work with leadership teams we realized and then coach training Mm -hmm. everything evolved around coaching so gaj and i and spent a long time last year and we decided to actually rebrand so um, if you realize if, if you remember our logo has changed so we mm-hmm. bought a, a brand new fresher look and we are a coaching company mm-hmm. because that's what we've been doing so we let go of the other services uh, that we enjoyed and we built a client base um, but we realized that actually what we have always been passionate about is coaching so mm-hmm. now when we receive requests from our clients who used us, Um, like to work with us for talent assessment or talent development and we just go we no longer offer those services we're purely coaching company we offer coaching and we train coaches so that's Mm. been a big shift for us
0: yeah, and but listen, it's a shift in the right direction for sure, as you, of course, know, because uh, at least it kind of I, I've noticed over the last few years, it's really been focusing more towards the individual. And, and this is where it's really, uh, you know, we're really able to make an impact on others, right? It's through the having those individual conversations and having those experiences, you know, with others. Um, and, and I think it's it's something that's growing um, globally. I've seen a shift. So I think that's what people need. That's what corporations need you know there's a lot of talk about talent right then and- we're going to get into that because that's a that's a big thing that's been talked about and I feel like the gap between you know what companies need and the good talent that's coming out of universities or you know as they grow in their careers just widening more and more um but it's definitely the the the, the that's that's exactly what people need you know I think gone are the days of group coaching or not group coaching but the group workshops where you know 20 people in the room and that's you know you're supposed to walk away with making being able to make a change <laughs> when the when the workshop wasn't even about you right it wasn't <laughs> Tailored towards you.
1: And it's so interesting you said that, Elena, because um, that's how we started noticing the shifts also in us, because um, both Gaj and myself, you know, um, we we help people develop and grow, but so do we. So we mm. we invest heavily on our professional and personal growth. And that's one of the things, you know, when I go on um be it a leadership development program, but mainly spiritual or creativity. I'm currently in a one-year creativity diploma about tapestry weaving and wholehearted creativity. So how do you bring in creativity and play to your practice? Mm-hmm. Um, or when I go on these big leadership, actually, that's where we met when you attended my yes. workshop. At yeah. yeah. Um, I started noticing I no longer enjoy these awesome journeys of leadership development where people come in for two days every month. We go into a nice hotel in Dubai. We have great impact because the conversations are very deep. But then these people go back to their context and these are senior leaders Mm -hmm. and the context is the same. The context has not changed. Mm -hmm. So, and then they come back and they are so deflated. And then we start, we help them pick up again, that energy and enthusiasm. And over time, I realized that I was no longer fired up by those conversations because I go, I want to continue having conversations because it's a people business, right? You're in the same business. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of energy that we invest in in yes. those in those individual conversations, and so sacred and intimate. So for me, I want to continue having those conversations where I know I'm adding value to people's awareness mm-hmm. about who they are, what they stand for, what are their values, and what's their potential. What do they want to? How do they want to live their life? So if I'm having those conversations and people are going back to the same old, same old, I'm no longer fulfilled by those. Was it paying the bills? Was it Awesome to have all these big programs, yes, but it served a purpose which mm-hmm. is no longer fulfilling for me. So it mm-hmm. was a natural shift mm-hmm. into the one-to-one um,
0: conversations. Yeah, and I, and I think that's very important because you know, you know, at the end of the day, we have to practice what we preach, right, in the world of talent development. It, and you know, you, you have to enjoy and be present and be genuine in your approach. And if that's no longer, then you're no, probably, you know, no longer <laughs> adding value if you don't feel. Uh, you have that purpose and and, um, and purpose, purpose has been a big discussion around the world, right, over the last few years. So it's um, that, that's that that's that's very nice. Um, I wanted to ask you, so, you know, you've been in this for quite some time in, in the world of talent. Um, have you seen, you know, other themes that you've seen shift? So was it something that, you know, what are themes around individual development that we've seen maybe in when you first started in 2013 towards what does it look like now when it comes to talent um, and, and individual coaching Like, what are, pe- what are people mostly kind of focusing on? Are there themes? Yeah.
1: Absolutely, we've noticed a big shift, um, and I'll give you an example. When I used to work with government entities in 2013, 14, 15, I would say up till 16, um, there was heavy investment in talent assessment, career development plans, you know, um, individual development plans, but we assess talent based on competencies, and then we put those plans, um, and then, you know, and then we offer coaching, and then, yeah, they can choose between uh, lots of training courses. People, This is no longer the case even organizations who are spending money in assessing their talent they're assessing talent for high potentials because Mm -hmm. it's the world of talent so they really want to focus on the but then what we're noticing a shift is instead of giving them a list of shopping list of training programs they allocate a career or an executive coach Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: those conversations are very intimate and then the coach when I work with my clients is to help them tailor what is it about you that's for the next level, what competencies do you need to develop that is tailored to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Based on mm-hmm. What the
1: organizations want you to achieve. And that's a major shift because people are known organizations are no longer spending money on just sending people abroad. Like, I mean, especially nowadays yeah. with COVID where everything is accessible online, um, organizations have cut so much costs. So this is a big, big trend. And also we're noticing more and more companies have been investing in coaching be it career or performance or leadership but also life coaching i mean mm-hmm. i've worked with lots of organizations where i was actually an on-site coach like having a coaching practice where i come five days a month where people just come in it's like a practice like you go and see um, a, psych- a psychologist um, and mm-hmm. people book and it could be either life like a life challenge that is impacting them or it could be about career or it could be about the leadership um, before, we didn't really notice that people mm-hmm. were investing in this. So, there is a more of a shift into, and especially during COVID and now, the types of conversations we're having with organizations and some of the projects is mainly tailored to well being and happiness and career, mm-hmm. because their organizations are finally realizing that we cannot, this is the whole person. We cannot say, leave your problems outside here. I want you to just focus on your um, career and on your performance. Because if mm-hmm. the person is having issues with homeschooling, for sure, there will be an impact on the performance of the person during, um, during the day. So yeah. we're noticing this kind of shift of companies investing in those conversations.
0: Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's fair as well, because the talent issue has been the talent, the, the, you know, the, the war for talent that you mentioned has been an issue and it's been growing mm-hmm. more and more with now. Yeah being able to do this from home, being able to, do this, you know, remotely. And on top of that, we're, you know, I think with new generations coming in, and I'm curious to kind of hear your thoughts, but with new generations, you know, you know, gone are the days where we're, you know, we're focusing on just being career and like, no matter what you do, you just you work, work, work. And that's, you know, that's your life. Now the new generations coming in, even those that are, you know, that are, you know, uh, generous as myself and have been your generation, like we are also starting to find this idea that it's not just about performance, as you said, it's also about well-being and it's not just about work 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 it's about not just dis- not disconnecting the two and they're almost correlate because if your your well-being meaning your emotional well-being your financial well-being your social well-being if these parts are not taken care of right then you cannot be at your best it's very difficult to be at your best and even if you can't you eventually you're going to hit a burnout and that's mm-hmm. what we've seen happen so much is that people felt disconnected from the work that they're doing and they're hitting that burnout because this part of well-being has been neglected mm-hmm. and um and i think the demand is now there for from employers to focus more on that and I I, part of me it feels like the 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 generations coming into the workforce are the ones that are really driving this but that's just my assumption do you see this or do you feel like mid-level and senior level professionals are also kind of pushing for this or is it the demand from the the younger generations that are saying listen I'm just not willing to work you know 60 hours a week and not not care about anything else Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I would say it's mainly from the younger generation, like the people entering the workforce, because I, I coach lots of these people. Um, and I love coaching these people because they are just entering the workforce, they may have one or two years or three years of experience, they still lost, they still finding themselves. And that's what I love working with them, because they have that fire and that energy and stuff. But they need direction, they need somebody to help them see who am I? And where am I? Where am I going? And your way of doing things is my manager's way of doing things is not necessarily the way I want to do things because mm-hmm. I see life differently. So I'm not, I'm noticing they are the shapeshifters, they are mm-hmm. the ones pushing for this and pushing for pushing for. Um, I, I coach a lot of them who are actually pushing for some um, flexible working, mm-hmm. or at least a Friday, as you know, Friday in the UAE you now it's a half a day for government entities, mm-hmm. um, so lots of them are pushing for half a day from home. Um, if they could work from home also, um, some of them like that mixture, but I'm also noticing a lot of burnout in the C-suite, um, Mm -hmm. people that I'm working with, uh, because they've just been pushing, pushing because their work values are different than this newer generation, but that's where the, there is a miscommunication between these two, Mm -hmm. because, Everybody has different value system about how they perceive work and commitment, yeah. engagement. That doesn't mean that those people are not engaged or committed, but they have other things. And lots of them also are entrepreneurs, so they have their businesses on the side, Yeah, which means that's something that in my generation and yours, we were not seeing because we mm-hmm. were just in a full-time job. You just give your 150%. Mm-hmm. But these people have different, you know, they may have an online business, they may have uh, their partners with somebody and they have a government job for right. security or But I'm noticing also a new trend I mean certainly amongst my friend or the people how um in my network people who have been very senior c-suite and they just go okay enough enough is enough now it's Mm -hmm. time for me to focus on my well-being and also where do you want to work and how much do I want to work so but I would say that is a minority compared to the uh, compared to the shapeshifters the newer generation and they are drivers for change but the policies are not really helping because at the end of the day, um, you know, like in the, um, they still want people to be be back to -to face-to-face. So there is that, mm, you know, but I don't want to be face-to-face all the time. I want to have that flexibility. So there is that, mm, not really between what I want
0: and the expectation. Right, right. Yeah. And that that poses a problem for for having, you know, recruiting and retaining that great talent, which we all know is very difficult to find. So I think companies have to be more and more flexible in terms of finding Absolutely. ways, you know, to, to to retain this talent. Um, and I'm curious also, have you seen a shift in terms of just the way the way. Uh, I guess, particularly in a corporate world, do you see that we're moving more away from that full time employee towards more of like a kind of independent worker where independent contributor, somebody kind of like what you mentioned is somebody who or has a job, but then, he, you know, they're doing other things as well on the side, but have you seen it as kind of something that do you feel that this is going to be the future like that. That freelance independent work where corporations will be hiring contract based individuals or do you see that we're still going to grow in that um, full time employee nine to five mentality and that's kind of where that that's how it's going to stay. I mean, if you look at the shifts that happened in the UAE
1: and continues to happen very fast is the change of the um, visa requirements and, you know, the free freelance visa and then they working from abroad and then have visa in Dubai. So already in terms of regulation, this is changing. So, of Mm -hmm. course, it is representing the population and what people are looking for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you look at the free zone visas for people having a free zone and you can still work with organizations. So there's been from a regulatory um, aspect, there's been lots of shifts. Um, so mm-hmm. that, that actually allows people, oh, actually, I can do that so I can still mm-hmm. be full time and I can still talk. Um, I work with lots of Emiratis who have actually other businesses on site. And the organization knows that yes i have a business on the side so they have to declare that there is no um uh, no conflict of interest Mm -hmm. Uh, and they are okay with that and i'm seeing more and more Um, but i would say i see more of that in government with emiratis than with expats Mm -hmm. Uh, because of course there is also a difference um you know because it's visa related and you have your visa so there is also the regulatory aspect that impacts uh, people or I see lots of expats just leaving and being an entrepreneur but I have not seen a trend of lots of expats still having a full-time job and having a side job that, mm-hmm. that I've not seen mm. will things change things are changing every day so mm-hmm. I won't be surprised if this will be you know moving forward this is something that we will shift to
0: yeah and this is something definitely like i see in the states for example i see this in the states so i'm curious and i think it's going to catch up eventually in the middle east but i think there's just the regulatory aspects of it yeah, yeah. but i'm curious um i'm curious what does that mean for individuals and individuals to maintain their competitive edge essentially because if the world will be shifting towards that multidimensional professional that can that is maybe less specialized, of course, in certain careers, we still need to be specialized, but I'm talking like, you know, the kind of the majority of professions out there that are very uh, fluid in terms of, um, you know, what that individual does. What does that mean for a skill set if, if we're shifting towards that? What would you recommend people to focus on?
1: I think that, that that's such a great question because we're seeing a big shift into, you know, big data and then metaverse and then uh, all these big buzzwords that we're hearing now that most of us don't even understand what it means. Um, so I guess it's really about keep people have to take ownership for their own growth. Mm-hmm. Organizations are no longer spending money in training you in everything that is evolving every day. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to be setting up all these training courses for you. So people, t- So my invitation for people is really take the lead for your own growth. If you're Mm -hmm. seeing that, yeah, the UAE is having strategy for metaverse and stuff. Okay. Which means that something that's coming, you know, when I look at the paper and I go, Oh, okay. Well, personally, I have no idea what metaverse, you know, beyond what the the basic is. So it's a new field for me personally to start learning about and how will this impact my business? Mm -hmm. So it's taking the lead and accountability for what is it that I need to be aware of. That Mm -hmm. I need to actually actually invest or go on an online program or start you know um, attending program you know you look at the corporate tax in the UAE that's another thing there've been so many webinars and stuff so Mm -hmm. really keeping yourself up to date with the new trends and also where is your interest Mm -hmm. because everything is moving into automation everything is moving into you know online I, I met lots of people I was in Dubai a few weeks ago and then I had lots of conversations with people and lots of them they go I'm done with Zoom. And I go, that's really interesting because Zoom is here to stay. Be it Mm -hmm. Zoom or be it Teams or, I mean, it's here to stay. I mean, I'm done with this. It's like, okay, those two years I was forced to do this. Now I only want to do face-to-face. I would say that is not the way in how the world is moving. So that resistance is like people before resisting the online because Mm -hmm. they want purely face-to-face. So I'm seeing now the opposite trend well, again, well, then, then you're going to limit your exposure and you're going to mm-hmm. limit how much, you know, the accessibility towards the whole globe. Yep. But unless you're keeping yourself up to date with the trends and where we're heading and what do I need to focus and what do I need to update myself? Or, as you said, what is my niche? What is the thing that I'm passionate about that I want to bring in so mm-hmm. people can benefit from, but people need to take more account of and invest in themselves rather Mm -hmm. than just waiting for organizations to pay for that training or that certification. I mean, in our coach training, we've got, we've got programs for managers and leaders, and we've got also a program for coaches to become certified and accredited coaches. That's why I run two programs. I run one in-house for corporates to pay for their Mm -hmm. employees, but I run one as a public program where if you want to become a coach, well, then you need to pay for it. And then you come and attend. And I see a lot more of people still in a full-time job, but investing in that because they go, that's what I want to start in the work now. But that's eventually what I want to head into having my own coaching practice. So people are taking the lead in investing in themselves.
0: And mm-hmm. that was a game shifter since COVID started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because we're just realized that we can no longer, you know, that nothing is safe anymore, almost, you know, that nobody, you know, that there's, there's, you don't know what's going to happen. And the best way you can do is to, to take care of your own kind of career development. Something comes to mind and I forget who said it And I Forgive me if this person's listening and I don't remember who said it, but they said courage, consistency, and curiosity. So courage to kind of be able to change, you know, um, in terms of just being courageous enough to want to make a change, to step into the unknown, right? baby steps consistency is to continuously to do this because we can no longer get away with just getting a degree or certificate and then that's it and we're done we check the box we're good it's literally like continuous weekly monthly basis we have to continue learning and small doses and then curiosity curious to be where your career is going what does the future work look like what does your industry look like etc so i think you're spot on in terms of just you know empowering your own self to <laughs> essentially to take advantage take control of your own career development and i think and i've seen this a lot and i, I see people that are very dynamic in, in their careers those that are kind of just you know wearing multiple hats are those that tend to be most successful in times of change like this
1: and actually as you said this um, um elena something else um surfaced for me the other also invitation I'd love to give to you um, to our listeners here is look also for what is unique about you because mm-hmm. I see a lot of copy, copy and paste and I'm sure you see yes. the same yes. you know oh she's successful and I heard this many times oh oh you're an executive coach and oh yeah you know oh that pays okay so that's something that, it's not. Just about the pay, and I'll give you a big shift that is happening in our markets. Yeah. Is when I receive tenders because we're in a tendering business, you know, right. be it coaching, training, or executive coaching or team coaching. Organizations are looking for people who have corporate experience because now they're asking me for CVs. So they no longer want to see your coaching certifications. Um, they want to see that you have a leadership experience in organizations, mm-hmm. that you let teams because they're going to give you their C-suite teams. Mm-hmm. So be unique in also looking at what ignites your fire if it is well-being coaching by all means go and study this if it is nutrition go and study it. if it is career it's not just learning about this it's also your career path and yeah. also so be unique in looking for what ignites your fire and what's the added value you're going to bring to people like delivering this with purpose and not just, oh, okay, so everybody is moving into nutrition. Let me do this. Oh, now the new buzzword is well-being. Okay, well, I'm also, mm-hmm. offering, I'm also offering. And that's when it loses because the market is there. People are not stupid. When yeah. they, they won't see and you go, okay, so who else did you deliver this well-being program to? And if you have no credentials, how are you going to enter that market and compete with other people yes. who have that track record of experience? Yes. So find your unique voice. And that's when people would be looking up at you and then would like to work with you.
0: Absolutely. And tell us a little bit more about where do you hang out? Because I'm sure, you know, between you and your business partner, you guys produce a lot of content and I know he speaks as well at different places and and, and so do you. So where can people access some of your information if they want to get in touch with you? Social media, website? So the best way
1: would be to go on our website, which was all rebranded last year. So compassconsultancy.com. Compass with K, and also check us on LinkedIn. So both myself and Gaj are very active um, on LinkedIn. Gaj is also active on on Instagram. I'm not, my Instagram Mm -hmm. is personal. So the best way would be um, to go on our website or to connect with me on LinkedIn. That's where people find me.
0: That's great. And I'm going to make sure to share it in the description below so people have access to it. Um, Leila, it's been great to reconnect with you. Thank you for offering us some insights and kind of from your experience, which is super credible. And again, I've known you for so many years and I remember you made a huge impact on me when we did that workshop in the desert. It was truly one of the most, um, and I think everybody in that group felt the same way. So it was really, really awesome. I still have photos from it. It was a great memory. And yeah, I do. I, 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 I see that pops up a memory in my iPhone and it's uh, it's always a nice memory, genuinely. Um, So thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. And I think you guys are, I'm sure, making an impact and, um, and hopefully people will kind of take advantage of what you guys are offering and uh, get a chance to talk to you. Thank you very much, Elena. It's so lovely to
1: reconnect with you. And it's so awesome to see you reinventing yourself and doing this awesome podcast. And uh, when we met, we were both full-time in Dubai. Yeah. We are no longer full-time in Dubai. The, yes. we, we both shifted. And it's such a pleasure to see you offering the world this beautiful podcast. So continue shining. And thanks for having me um, on your show as well. Really, Thank really you. Thank you. Likewise.